up, what up, Pig Major fam? How y'all doing today? I hope you're holding up okay. All right, so today we had a deep conversation with one of my best friends, Alicia. And honestly, she's basically a sister at this point. We broke down a couple things, actually. So we chatted about the honest realities of interracial marriages, starting a family, and seeing your skin as a microphone in different rooms. And this conversation challenged our thinking a lot. And it honestly may be uncomfortable to listen to in moments. But as we always say, uncomfortability leads to growth. So whether you can agree with what has been shared or not, we hope that this conversation provokes some thought. So without further ado, let's get it. What up, what up, Pigmentative Pig? Yeah, yeah. How y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, okay, we are so stoked for this conversation. We have a very, very special guest <laughs> with us. One of my besties for the resty, Leash. You want to tell the people, want to say hello, introduce yourself, maybe tell them a bit about you? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my name is actually Alicia. I don't know why she just called me Leash. That was weird. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. That that has sort of become a nickname, I guess. That works. Uh, what can I tell you about me? Oh, boy. I have a kid. That's probably yeah, my do. favorite Ooh. part about my life yeah. right now. Um, he's super cute. Uh, here's a picture of him right here. <laughs> you guys can all... <laughs> Hopefully you guys can all see it through this podcast. I don't know how podcasts work. Um, yeah, so I have a kid. He's five months old and super cute. Just started like squealing to communicate his excitement about things. So I'm not going to impersonate him because it would be yeah. a super obnoxious sound coming from an adult. But uh, yeah, married to a guy named Mitchell. He's super cool too. Definitely mm-hmm. going to keep him. And I don't know, really, really good relationships with our parents. And so that's kind of like who we've been seeing for the past year yeah, <laughs> like the pandemic yeah. and all that but yeah life is good I love Jesus people who know me know that um oh, yeah. I love I love just like people I would say that wasn't yeah. always the case sometimes <laughs> you know I just uh-huh. be like oh you guys are so draining I need to go away <laughs> from all of you but um sure. but no I've just like I've seen my heart kind of grow for people that's been a really neat development in adulthood and yeah. uh definitely love like the teenage age as well I'm a teacher Mm -hmm. as far as career goes like high school teacher stuff is just the best um teenagers are like so underrated they're so great yeah Um, yeah for real and yeah I I love the local church too I'm a part of Slate Church just like Kim which is where we (gasps) met and then yeah and then now I have the privilege of meeting Emily who uh you guys can't see her but she's very smiley and just like easy to talk to already so Mm -hmm. this is gonna be a good day Oh yeah, mm-hmm. love that! Wow, that was like so well said. Um, yeah, no, girl, you know I'm, I love nicknames. Nicknames, hey, leash came from somewhere, and I'm it's, it's sticking. It's sticking. It works. It works. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess we're just gonna hop into this conversation. Um, leash and I had talked before this. Alicia, sorry, I'll call you Alicia for the podcast. No, I like Alicia leash. I... It's endearing. Do? I was just yeah, I like bless. It. Um, so yeah, Alicia and I had talked before this, and um, we were having conversations about just like interracial relationships and for those of you who know i love talking about relationships like i could talk about those things all day y'all like could we talk about anything like let's talk about (laughs) dating and relationships like cool 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 (laughs) i love it i love it the family unit too it's a beautiful thing um but yeah you mentioned that you had a kid so i kind of just wanted to pick your brain about a few things right so Um, when a man loves a woman I didn't know we were going to have that chat today. I did not come with notes. Person the beast. (laughs) Whoa. 
for what's the chat with your child gonna sound like? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> not not on you. here. Fair Sorry, enough. what's your actual question, Kim? <laughs> no, I guess I was just gonna ask you, like, you know, when you were growing up, like, um, okay. was race something that you thought about often? And like, what were some of the ways that maybe you found yourself navigating conversations or maybe certain feelings that came up when it came to like other people's perceptions of you? Okay, so I think I should probably give some backstory on my own life and my mm-hmm. just like my background, I guess, would help. Um, right. So imagine like Alicia Keys skin tone complexion, but uh, the full on Afro. And then oh, yeah. uh, my mom's side, Middle Eastern, she's from Lebanon, and my dad is from Guyana. So he's like mm-hmm. good old chocolate skin. Um, and it was always like interesting because it kind of took me a while to realize that how I felt about race was different to what people would see when they first saw me. Because mm. as a kid, like things are kind of black and white. They have to be black and white, no pun intended. But I was just yeah. like, oh, well, half of me is white and half of me is black. So I'm just as black as I am white and I'm just as white as I am black. And that mm. was the logic behind it. But then I realized that people were actually seeing me as black. And Mm -hmm. I think that that kind of shifted my perspective on how I presented myself a little bit, um, how I did or didn't want to be perceived. So at a very young age, um, there was already a level of like code switching happening because I was Mm. like, wait, if this is a stereotype and that's not actually who I am, I have to like overcorrect in the other direction to make sure that people know that, you know, like I'm not loud and I'm not going to cut them off because Mm. I found out, you know, Mm. that apparently like you can be like this loud, angry black girl in a room and just overtake the conversation and everyone will be Mm. intimidated by you. And I was like, well, that's not my personality at home. I don't Mm. want that to be um, what they interpret. And so I would overcorrect to the point Mm -hmm. of like, not saying anything in new environments until I knew where everyone was at. Um, So that was like a part of it as I was growing up. But at the same time, I think like my dad specifically had an amazing perspective on things. And so Mm. I didn't actually have a negative um, experience in a lot of cases because of my perspective on it. So what he would say to me was something along the line, I'm probably going to butcher the speech, but He would say something along the lines of, you look different, okay, you're the minority, so you're going to stand out. Use that to make a point. And so Mm. as as a kid, I was like, well, what point do I want to make? And I grew up just like loving Jesus. Like I could Mm. not stop talking about how good he was. And like to me, a friend, right? Like there's no kid Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was already a part of my life from a very young age. And I was just like, oh, I got to tell everybody how much like Jesus loves (laughs) them. So if I wanted a conversation to go in that direction and I knew I I had the attention of people because I looked different, that's kind of like, that used to be like an encouraging factor. Cause I was like, well, I don't need a microphone. I don't need mm. um, to be loud because once I start talking, wow. they're going to be so curious about what I have to say. Cause I look different than them that they're just going to yeah. listen. And so mm. a lot of the times, like in, in class or whatever, like if I was answering a question, um, I wouldn't answer many, <laughs> but when mm. I did, I'd make a point to say what I thought was really important. And so um, it was really cool because then I think I did get some like positive attention from peers and from uh, my teacher, just like, oh, Alicia's Mm -hmm. so nice or, oh, she's so positive or, oh, she really likes, you know, like she really (laughs) likes her faith or whatever. Yeah, And yeah, and I also had the privilege of like being led by people who were black. So Mm -hmm. in my 
elementary school years, I had a black principal. So I never thought like, oh, I can't, I can't get there. I can't go there. Um, I never had a black teacher, not until I was like in, would it have been high school or uni? No, it would have been in high school. But again, Mm. in high school, I had a black principal. And so there was, yeah. So I feel like God really set me up in terms of like seeing authority figures that looked like me. So Mm. although I didn't have someone just a step above like a teacher who was black, um, I still knew or in my head as a kid, I was like, okay, got to go teacher, then VP and then principal. So if they're a principal, right. they yeah. used to be a teacher. And so that might be why mm. I'm a teacher. Cause I, I saw some representation. I know like representation wow. is huge, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like a little bit childhood wise. And even like in the education world, what it looked like. Oh man, I love that. I don't know if anything comes to mind for you. Em. That was great. <laughs> I was really just thinking about how I don't have, I have still haven't had a black teacher. I don't think. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, um, me neither. I've seen them. <laughs> I know Same. they exist. I've seen them in movies, <laughs> I think. Oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, movies. I've seen them in one movie. Mm. But yeah, no, that's interesting. <laughs> <In> one movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, really interesting that you had that. I mean, it, I think it's good because um, it's definitely hard, I think, coming to terms of like, you're right. Things are mostly black and white, I guess, mm-hmm. growing up too, especially for me, it was like, okay, so I'm black and I realize I stick out of a room and I've never had that perspective of like, okay, you stick out. And most times I'm the only one, right? So people will look at me mm-hmm. in a similar way, but mm-hmm. I've never been like, oh, use that to your advantage. It was like more like the other side of what you were doing, like the other mm-hmm. extreme of don't say anything, the whole angry mm-hmm. black girl look. So I, I could sympathize with that side of it or empathize with that side. Um, but yeah, no, that's really interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like I was even just trying to communicate some of the stuff to my husband because he looks very different than I do, right? Like he's right. got um he's got like really light skin. He tans well, so I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely not black. And so we've had right. a lot of conversations just around race because his experience has been so different than mine. Um right. he also just like grew up in a small town. So mm-hmm people didn't look like me out there. Like you just had the sort of token families there. And that was his only experience of, of different races. And then when he came to university, that's kind of when he started to see just like this rainbow of people and realize like a lot of the stereotypes that he didn't even know he had, um, weren't even reality. So I think like, he thankfully is so open-minded and so teachable Mm. that he would just ask questions instead of making assumptions because he's Mm. just not actually let me back up he's good at recognizing his assumptions to then articulate them and then once he's articulated them he can like ask a question to see if that's even correct so I think like yeah I'm so thankful for him because the level of vulnerability and like honesty it takes to have conversation after conversation about something that is so uncomfortable like I still sweat thinking about having to talk about race because I mean like I'm also used to like like I said earlier having this mindset of of people are going to listen when I talk so I have to Mm. make it count that actually created a huge pressure on me in the work world I would say Mm. because then I'm the only black teacher in the conversation and here we're talking about anti-racism and they're like lead the way Alicia and I'm like like, this is uh not I haven't processed any of this information I haven't read my articles like I don't want to speak on behalf of every black kid and like colleague and all that um so that was like a huge pressure piece. And a part of me was worried that in a relationship, 
everything he believed would start to be whatever I said. Um, And so thankfully, because of his personality, he'll take what I say experience wise, but he'll still research. So he'll like, he'll go and he'll Google things. Yeah. He's like, he knows his resources. He does. Yeah. And I think like knowing that I have like a limited capacity to talk about it has made me in my brain, um, just decide who it's worth expending that like energy with. Mm. And because he's my husband and we are raising like a child together, which is just the hugest responsibility. I'm like, Mm. I have to go there with him. And if that means that I don't have the energy to explain everything I'm going through to my 10 closest white friends, then so be it but I also have friends who are so understanding of that right so like I feel so blessed like I hit the jackpot on friends I hit the jackpot on um on a husband but Mm -hmm. like yeah capacity is like a huge thing and honestly Mm -hmm. just knowing myself well enough to go hey babe we got to talk about this in an hour or we can't talk about this until tomorrow because I'm (laughs) just like not in the mood um yeah yeah. anyways so there's a piece yeah there's a no, piece of like, like the past that comes up in the present constantly where like mm-hmm. I'll remember certain stories that I kind of forgot or whatever, yeah. especially recently as people begin to talk about like their experience being black in mm-hmm. Canada. Um, yeah. There are so many of those things that I'll be like, that, that happened to me. I didn't know that that was not normal, like, mm-hmm. or yeah. that it was unfortunately normal for people who look like me, but not normal right. in the wider sense. And so okay. it's been like a crazy year and a half. Um, just now that more people are talking about their own stories, right. it's it's kind of like reminding me of things that I've been through. And so then, yeah, processing mm. it with with another person who has very different experience, such as my right. husband, has been an adventure. It's been yeah, interesting. Yeah. No, seriously. And that can be like an uncomfortable conversation for sure. But mm. I'm so glad that he's like, you know, willing to have those conversations with you. And I mean, I've met Mitchell and he's fantastic. So major shout out for real. Cause he like, yeah, you're right. He's so intentional about like research and knowing things for himself. And then like being able to like, I don't know, bring that to you guys. I feel like you guys have a really great relationship, like one that I look up to a lot. So I think like, yeah, I guess even I wanted to ask, like, was there a moment like, did you guys ever have like any fears kind of maybe of marrying outside of your outside of your races or like any moments where you're like really aware of like oh my gosh we're an interracial couple or like fear Uh, of like other people's opinions or anything like that like (laughs) yeah um that's such a good question I think like if if I go back to own my own family unit because Mm. I saw you know my parents looking Mm. different Mm. I kind of felt like I might be able to sorry I kind of I should probably mention this sometimes I skip past the marriage thing and I think about (laughs) raising a kid and then I go who do I want on my team to raise a kid like (laughs) so when I was like choosing a husband so to speak a lot of time I'd kind of like bounce past the who they were and think like what kind of kid do I want to like let loose into the world Mm. um which I don't know if that's healthy or not but anyways (laughs) I uh I definitely thought like (laughs) I definitely thought about like being able to raise a kid who had a similar experience to me. And so I was Mm. like, if they have, you know, like an interracial relationship Mm. being me and then, um, you know, a white dad kind of thing, I would be able to relate to them and communicate with them. And so that didn't scare me as much as it might other people just because I was exposed to it. Right. So Mm. with my parents, I remember like, 
oh, one of those things that would always play through my head is my teacher's reactions when my mom would show up for parent-teacher interviews. Uh, you know, like they'd be like, yeah. I could just yeah. see it in their eyes. Sometimes they'd say it. Sometimes they would just not say it with words, but say it with their, uh, their facial reactions. Sure. And I just remember being like, oh man, I don't, I don't like the feeling of, of mm. that. And so mm-hmm. although I didn't like the feeling of that and I didn't necessarily want that experience for my future kids, what I didn't like even more was uh, the thought of having a kid darker than me. And in my mind, on a subconscious level, knowing that their life would be harder. And that was like a realization I did not come to until probably like a year ago when I was talking and I was trying to explain things to Mitchell. And then I was like, well, why do you think I've never liked a black guy? And then I was like, whoa, what did I just say? (laughs) Because I would skip past the who they were and think to myself, if I have a kid who's darker than me, and it's a son, like, wow. God forbid they moved to the U.S. They're like, I don't know. There yeah. were just so many things that that made me feel like their life would be harder. I don't yeah. want to do that to them. And so I actually need to curb my taste in men <laughs> um, yeah. to make sure that it matches what I what I want for their future. And that's not yeah. to say that, like, I'm not, like, super attracted to my husband. Like, he's definitely my type. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. the ultimate my type. Like, he is like, yeah. okay, we're not getting into that. Like, <laughs> All right, girl. All right. Yeah. We don't want to get too carried away and then end up talking about the birds and the bees. But like, man, he's he's a good looking dude. He's a good looking dude. Oh but I definitely God. remember thinking at one point thinking, you know, as tough as it's going to be to be in an interracial relationship, mm-hmm. at least it's not going to be as tough as having mm-hmm. a black kid. And that wow. is wow. a scary thought. It's a weird thing to say. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like, my heart is beating so fast, even articulating that because I'm like, Oh, how's this going to be received? But I think, yeah, the fact that that was a thought on a subconscious level is so sad. And, uh, like my three oldest brothers, they -hmm. look like my dad, right? Like they have a different mom. And so they're, they're really dark. And I remember Mm -hmm. just like hearing some stories every once in a while, or being out in public with them and getting a very different reaction, um, Mm -hmm. walking with, you know, three big, strong black men rather Mm -hmm. than, you know, like, just like my mom who, who looks harmless is like silver hair and like Middle Eastern looking features. And she, yeah, she's really sweet. So I think like seeing how, how they were, um, responded to in community, Mm -hmm. even communities that they were well loved in was still different. And it wasn't a positive difference as I could, as far as I could see. So I was like, mm. eh, I don't know if I want to build a family with someone who's yeah. going to have all these extra struggles. Mm. Um, yeah, so I don't. Oof. Wow. Yeah. But like, yeah. it is as as heartbreaking and as as uh, I guess, for lack of better words, hurtful as that is. It's it's real. Like mm-hmm. that's a, an actual <laughs> fear. That goes through the minds mm-hmm. of a lot of people. So I, I, I would think that you're not alone in that. Um, like it, it's even happening within our own selves. Cause we can only imagine what traumas yeah. we're passing down to our children in that, or trying to avoid passing down to our children in that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's wow. true. No, definitely. I do true. think like, just to give a hope perspective here, when you're walking mm-hmm. through life with Jesus, The cool thing is like, you can confidently believe that the spheres of influence he has you in, um, are so intentional and that he has strategically placed you as his kid there, but with the exact amount of pigment in your skin as he intended for you to carry out his purpose. And so I think like, this is something I've talked to like with Kim about, like, 
I'm mm. starting to really, truly believe like in my heart of hearts that mm. I look exactly the way he intended so that mm. I could have the kind of influence that I have in the spheres oh, that he's I brought me it. into. And the same goes for you, Emily, and the same mm. goes for you, Kim. And it's a beautiful thing when you think about a life surrendered to Jesus mm. looking different every single yeah. time because yeah. he's not he he's not an accident maker like he just doesn't make any accidents that's not something <laughs> right. he does and yeah. so like I think he used my my taste in men even to go you know what you guys as a couple like as a unit now are going to be able to accomplish things that are unique to your purpose because yeah. of the way you look you know like maybe wow. we'll be an encouragement to other interracial couple shout out to give it her oh my god <laughs> oh, i just had to slide that in there oh my god i, I know i've seen the really right it's like <laughs> yeah it's fine it's you can't see her blushing because she's like <laughs> oh man anyways do the checkerboard <laughs> I have not heard that yeah. from Hairspray. They had like me. they had like posters at one point in the movie. It was like do the checkerboard. Oh, it's quite awesome. amazing. Wow. Oh, my face hurts. That was a big yeah. smile. <laughs> Literally. I love it. I love it. And yeah, so like I definitely mm. looked at oh, this is kind of serious, okay? So like mm. I've looked at my kid and I have mm. thought oh my goodness, are people going to know you're my son? And that's like such a sad little, oh man. But I mean, like he's, he's, you know, going to get a tan and his features will change, but I have to be okay with the fact. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Like, oh man. (laughs) He doesn't look like me yet. Um, But yeah, like I've had that thought and I've had to bring it to God and surrender to him and go, do I actually believe what I've been saying to Kim? Like, do I actually believe wow. that Cypress has the exact skin tone that he needs to accomplish mm. exactly what mm. God has intended for his life? And mm. I, I believe it. I can say it. And I just want that to be true no matter what he turns out looking like. <laughs> mm. And, yeah. um, and yeah, I want that to kind of be the little like mantra that runs through my head. If, and when mm. I go to his like parent teacher interviews and get that right. look. If I get that look, I want to still know in my heart, like, oh, this is actually a beautiful thing because Mm -hmm. now they're going to see him differently. But in that difference that they're going to see him through, like there will be still God's love communicated and Mm -hmm. there's just going to be something new that comes out of him that couldn't have come out of anybody else. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my spiel. That's what goes through my head these days. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But then that makes me think of what, Nayila was saying in her, um, in the one episode that we had with uh, Dr. Nayila, something around the lines of there's nothing you could do to change your like blackness to mm. like, <laughs> to mm-hmm. fix racism. So then, yeah, I don't know. I just, that just came to mind of mm-hmm. like having to feel like we need to change something about right. ourselves or the next generation in order to alleviate that pain. Mm, but gotcha. then it's also the reality that like in this life you're going to experience pain you're going to experience yeah. pain in different ways you might experience mm-hmm. one pain because you're black and you might experience one pain because you hurt your foot but mm-hmm. regardless <laughs> there's still going to be an element of pain that's out of our control right. um but yeah i don't know i just thought about that you know what the mm-hmm. thought just came to my mind like my brain works in analogies and sometimes that's just how I god communicates mm-hmm. to me yeah <laughs> 
So I was just thinking, like, I've started to make um make food for Cypress, like solids, mm. pureed, so he could eat yeah. his veggies. Yeah. And there are certain like veggies and fruits that have skin on them. And mm. I have heard, like, I do not know the science and the details, but I have heard that a lot of the vitamins are mm-hmm. right at the skin. And we yeah. often talk about like skin being like this sort of like shallow thing. Mm. Um, but I think that God really sees it as like a whole, like he doesn't mm-hmm. like, I know we're in our bodies and we have a spirit and a soul and that's, you know, sure. what matters, like our heart matters. But yeah. I, I think God was also very intentional about the way we look about our skin. Absolutely, and I think yeah. that like the vitamins, so to speak, are right yeah. there with the skin and you can't mm. take the way you look away from who you are to the core and still get the same amount of health. So yeah. I think like, as we navigate, especially as Christians, mm. right? Cause you have to have this conversation in light of the sacrifice of Christ and what he did to right. give us real freedom. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have real freedom on the inside, it's really hard to communicate that on the outside or to yeah. let the world know that there's another way, right? Yeah. Otherwise yeah. it's so easy to wallow in this like feeling of being trapped and being oppressed. Right. But I have to tell you, honestly, that is not a, a word that I use to describe myself because according to God, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. I have been yeah. redeemed and that is point yeah. blank. So if Come it doesn't on. look like that, Ooh. it doesn't mean it's not true. It just means wow. that I haven't actually seen the manifestation of that in my life yet. And wow. I need to probably change something in my behavior yeah. and in my um my outer world, I guess, to be able to see what wow. the real truth is. So oh, with all that being said, wow. <laughs> where's it at? Where's my, wow. yeah. my goodness. So with all that being said, Emily, like even just seeing your yeah. face, like as an encouragement to you, you look the way you look and with who you are on the inside, like heart wise, mm. all that fruit, when you walk yeah. into a room, when you have these kinds of conversations you're having because of the skin that you have embracing mm. that and articulating everything that you're saying through yeah. that lens and through that filter is actually going to bring a level of health that could not mm. be reached without. And I would wow. encourage you ladies, like do not water down who you are. Um, <laughs> At the same time, recognize that who you really are, like your identity mm-hmm. is rooted in Christ. And the yeah. skin is just another way that he can use you to mm. communicate love on a whole new level and to wow. communicate his goodness on a whole new level and to show oh. the world that Christians are different, right? Like yeah. we're not supposed to look the same. We're not supposed yeah, to be experiencing the same mm-hmm. level of like racism in the church as we do outside of the church. It's supposed mm-hmm. to look different. And so that's right. our first yeah. responsibility is to recognize our identity um, as mm. daughters of Jesus, as sons, whoever's listening of, mm. of God, so that we can then out like, yeah, just express like, out of the outflow of knowing our mm. actual identity, we can then right. communicate real love to other people's actual yeah. identity instead of seeing them for what it. they look like and, yeah. and changing our behavior. For real wow. though. Oh, that was powerful. Let's just, we need to just let that sit for like 12, 12 minutes. That was like, that was, honestly, that's like really encouraging. And then even the fact that you were just talking about, you know, faith and how that's like really rooted you. I've come to love who I am this year wow. i'd say Very like cool. love who i am and like that's not <laughs> that's like so like there's sometimes where i'll be like just like chilling or whatever by myself or maybe like yeah just looking in the mirror <laughs> for whatever reason and i'm like yeah. wow god i love being black and it's like 
I've oh, never said yeah. those words as a child, wow. you know, but like this year it's been like multiple times where I'm like, I love being black or I'll say to my family, like, I love being black. Don't you love being black? Like, you know, like <laughs> these are the benefits of being black. Like, what? I just love oh, it. You know? like, <laughs> you. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. After seeing yeah. and meeting your family, I could totally, like, those yeah. are the kinds of conversation I pictured y'all having. Like, <laughs> it's like turning to each other and be like, hey. <laughs> That's Stay so cool. Though. Um, but yeah, no. I guess like another question, even to follow up what you said, you know, have you had those conversations with Mitchell? You know, when it comes to this race things, you know, oh, when it comes boy, to like having yeah. kids and these thoughts about starting a family, for example, before Cyprus even existed, um, mm-hmm. you know, did you guys have to consider like, how are my, how are cultures going to come into play? And like, yeah. how are you going to raise our kids? Like mm-hmm. what languages are we going to speak in the house and all these different things, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I know you speak French. I know you speak yes. French. Yeah. And if I add on to that question, um, is this a is that a conversation that you had prior to getting married too or was oh yeah okay oh yeah so not only is it a conversation that we had before marriage it is one we continue to have it is an ongoing Mm -hmm. conversation um i think the reality is that like when you get married Oh, I heard it said so well. Actually, like shout out to Pastor Tim Ross, who um, he has a series called Upset the Vows and it's just on marriage. But he was talking about marriage as being like two people coming together as one. But then because you're actually still like you got your two separate personalities, um, it's almost like you're on the outside of you looking back at you. So like when Mm, I say, um, oh, Mitchell, like you really got to work on your blank Mm. right he's actually hearing that almost like as himself looking back at himself so I think Mm. like for me I recognize that in marriage there is a huge opportunity for really deep growth like so much growth and I could either embrace that growth and have these conversations and realize like where my own blind spots are in the Mm -hmm. conversation about race or I could be so uncomfortable that I shut that door, build that wall and say, nope, that's not somewhere where we go. And I think I decided early on, like, I want him to know, know me. um, And I want him to love, love me. (laughs) But like, but if he doesn't know, know me, I'm never going to feel fully loved by him. And so sometimes that means, and this is going to sound so rough for my like especially my internal processors like my yeah (laughs) but sometimes I have to talk about things before I have processed them by myself Mm. and it's Mm. so hard guys like I know there are people who talk it out and that's how they make sense of it yeah I can't always do that in marriage because sometimes that's dishonoring to him and it's Mm. not letting him in to the mess and so I have let him into a couple of messes and uh (laughs) and he's been in there and sometimes he doesn't start cleaning right away he just sits right. in the mess with me and he goes, yeah. wow, this sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry you experienced that. Um, and mind you, like we've gotten better at this conversation. It started out like rough because I would also kind of feel like he was empathizing with the wrong person in the conversation. Mm. So like, for instance, if I brought up a scenario like, you know, what happened with Dante, Wright, He mm. would do something um, that I know like his intentions were good. And so that really carried us through the fact that I knew his heart, but it would be so hard to hear because instead of empathizing with like the family first of Dante or, Uh or Dante himself or the kid or whatever, um, he would go, well, have you thought about blank? And that would get me. I'd be like, like I would literally like stop talking for the next hour. And that Mm. is not a great way to communicate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> but we had to get to the, <laughs> so we get to the we had to get to the point where like I would tell him don't talk yet <laughs> and then oh, I would yeah. explain how I felt or I would tell him like I actually just need comfort I don't need advice I don't mm, need a perspective good. shift right now but I also had to be humble enough to recognize that sometimes I needed the perspective shift and I needed it from him who, who was white and who was going to like empathize with the quote unquote wrong person, because sometimes that's exactly what it took to soften my heart, see things from like a God perspective, which is really understanding every single person involved in every single scenario, which like, I sometimes kick myself, uh, for singing this lyric, but there was a song that was really big when I was in a youth group and, Mm -hmm. and the, like the bridge of it said, break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your king is God. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Like, are you kidding me? And so my whole (laughs) life, (laughs) my whole life, God's been answering that prayer because I meant it. And now I'm like, oh, don't actually keep breaking my heart. (laughs) Careful what you pray for. (laughs) (laughs) Because the reality is like, sometimes God breaks my heart for the wife sometimes my my heart breaks for the mother sometimes my heart breaks for the police and that is a very uncomfortable heartbreak to have like it's a it's an uncomfortable one and so I think like as Christians man we got to be careful what we pray yes but we also have to be ready to let people into the mess and then allow them to say something that actually upsets us because sometimes them upsetting us is going to be the shift that needs to take place. And also sometimes it's just going to be like an opportunity for learning how to communicate better with that person. Cause sometimes it's totally out of line. Like he'll say Mm -hmm. something and I'm like, that was, that was not cool. And so then we have to practice forgiveness and we have to practice like (laughs) just moving past that and like talking through it at a different time. But anyways, God will give you wisdom in those things, but it's definitely a conversation that happens often. No, that's really, really good. Yeah. Because like marriage will expose you. People are like, Ayo. oh my gosh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Yeah. Definitely expose what's in your heart. So many good things I feel like that you mentioned here, Leash, and I'm still even processing it right now. <laughs> uh, I but... have a question for you, Kim. So Ooh. because I, I know you a little bit better and I definitely see some similarities in that you're very good at like seeing the positive in situations. And like yeah. mm-hmm. there's a level of optimism that does come naturally to you. It sounds like in the podcast, Emily, you're the same way, but I'm I'm just curious to know for you guys, like, have you ever had it where you hear about a situation that is so clearly unjust and yet you are finding positives in your mind? Like I'm, cause I don't know what that says about, about us. Like, I don't know if that's because of just hanging out with God so often and he's just so loving, or if there's a level to which like that kind of toxic positivity that comes a little too soon in a situation can become hurtful. Like at what point do we recognize the fact that things suck and that the world is a mess and that there's so much injustice that in a lot of scenarios, the positive isn't actually worth even saying out loud. Like, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? That's a really, really good question. Um, I say for me, I'm kind of think about it for a bit, but I've definitely, yeah, you're right. I definitely kind of default to the positive most times, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to race, sometimes it's very hard for me. Like it's Mm -hmm. like, sometimes it it depends on the situation actually or who I'm with. It just depends like how I express my feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's been moments even where I've called like Emily, for example, and been like, I'm mad. Like I'm very upset right now. And like, I don't know how to process this and like help me bring Jesus into this because I'm, I don't Mm -hmm. know how, like, I just, I don't want Mm -hmm. to actually like, you know, um, 
So there's moments like that, but then there's other moments where it's really very easy for me to be like, okay, well, okay, God, like, you know, the whole break my heart for what breaks yours idea, where I even have found myself sometimes sympathizing with police, for example, like with the recent um, restrictions that have come now, you know, where it's like police are able to pull people over. There's a lot of people Mm -hmm. who defaulted immediately were very upset. I understand that for sure. And there's definitely people in my family who were upset as well. Right. And I'm not saying that I wasn't, that that's not, that's the reality right now, but my initial reaction was like seeing all the posts and stuff and people like bashing the police. Some people would be bashing the police. Mm-hmm. And right. I was like, uh, like, like they, they've been given this power. Yes. It's been abused in the past, but I don't want to assume that they're going to abuse it now. Like, especially after everything we've been through, I get it. There've been reoccurring experiences and stuff. And obviously like, you know, I empathize with that stuff. I've been fearful of that stuff myself. I still am sometimes very scared of the police. Not sometimes am still afraid. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah. But yeah, (laughs) it's terrifying. But yeah, it's at the same time. It's like, I feel bad for them. Like my heart breaks for them in that situation, which might be aggravating to some people to hear that, but whatever, that's just how I, Well, you know, what's interesting though, is like what happens to us that we get hurt by, we still have a tendency to inflict on others. So like, for instance, if on my Mm -hmm. people group, there is this mass judgment made about all of the people who have my hair that wear good Mm -hmm. singers or something like that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm choosing one that's not super like mean just (laughs) to to help our listeners here. But like, let's say they're like, you're all good singers, right? Um, If I find that hurtful because it's like everyone who looks like me that they thought Mm -hmm. that about, it's not fair for me to look at that person. Let's say it was like a redhead that said that Mm -hmm. I can't now look at every redhead and go, what an insensitive jerk. They think that all black people can sing or whatever, (laughs) because then I'm doing the exact same thing. And so I think like it actually shows a tenderness of heart, Kim, that you would have some moments where you go, wait a minute, I'm not going to paint all police with the same brush because that's exactly what racism is, right? Like, So I think the enemy wants us for sure to fall into that trap and like do the exact same thing over uh, another people group. But I hear you. I also feel like um, calling Emily, like calling trusted people and saying Mm -hmm. like, I'm upset. And like, I don't even want to be brought out of this pity party. Like, that's yeah, actually kind of yeah. healthy um, yeah. as long as you don't yeah. stay there for too long. Right. For real, though. Right? <laughs> but like, yeah, that sounds like a really healthy balance, actually. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of you mm-hmm. for that. I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. And some of our listeners, like, they totally are going to be on one side of the spectrum where they're always right. getting upset and they're never coming out of their pity party and they're going to mm-hmm. the wrong people about it. Um, right. But then there's probably some on the other side where everything is so amazing and like mm-hmm. God is so good. And then um, because he's so good, everything is also good. And that's just mm-hmm. not true. Like, yeah, um, healthy, because no, we don't have heaven on earth yet. I do think no. that heaven on earth would be like super rainbowy. Like I, right. I wrote a song um, as a kid, like when I was, mm-hmm trying to understand all the race stuff and one of the lines was um if everything was in black and white we wouldn't see rainbows or like you know like if if everything was black and white and I realized like that there were so many nuances and there was a lot of gray area and it was kind of like it's okay guys for there to be gray area 
Like mm-hmm. it's okay. It's okay to feel sad and happy at the same time. It's okay to be frustrated and yeah. hopeful at the same time. And so sure. sometimes just giving yourself permission for like <laughs> to experience those emotions like simultaneously yeah. that are possibly considered opposites is uh mm, is actually sure. a lot of growth it it takes maturity to get there so complexity for sure literally yeah. how about you em what about you what are your, some of your experiences um i i don't know i mean on the note that you just said um about the positivity like oh yeah god's so good and walk down the street watch people get shot and you're like praise the lord like <laughs> oh my gosh um, my dad, I think about what my dad would say to me when when speaking about other situations is he would, I don't know if he got this quote himself or got it from somewhere else, but he would say, he would describe these certain people as too heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think about that um, often um, in terms mm. of when... You know how the scripture says, like, there's a time for mourning, there's a time for weeping, there's a time for each of these things. So, yes. <laughs> so, like, figuring out when that time and moment is that if you're going through something as a community and you feel hurt and and burdened by something, there is a time for mourning. Right. And, and there is a... Uh, a respected space and moment for that where that is allowed. And mm-hmm. I feel like... I might be in one of those moments right now of like, still, I think like what you were saying with the complexities, there's still the possibility. We as humans still have the capacity to be sad about something, but still yeah. find joy in something else. Yeah. yeah, We don't have to, okay, I'm going to be angry right now. I'm booking that into my calendar. Like if you have a joke, tell me after, because I just need to be mad right now. Mm-hmm. But I think, that we know that this world is messed up and we can mm-hmm. still simultane we can still simultaneously have good things and and experience good things while having that knowledge like we don't have to lie to ourselves and say this world's amazing i love the earth like nice. all the people are amazing <laughs> oh my god yeah because <laughs> it's not that's yeah. not truth you'd be lying to yourself yeah so yeah. um yeah i don't i i'm in the mix of a lot of things right now. Um, and I think like, yeah, it's okay to be in a whole season of mourning mm-hmm. or grief. I think yeah. as Christians, we're not that great at lament. And Jesus right. was great at that. Like he knew yeah. how to do it. Um, he mm-hmm. knew how to be there for people. And I think if there wasn't, if there weren't seasons of mourning, guys, we would not need a comforter. But mm-hmm. Jesus said like, I'm going to send you a comforter. He knew we would need comforting. Like he knew that we were going to be in moments where we were mourning or we were grieving something, or we were Mm -hmm. like re-experiencing a prior trauma and we Mm -hmm. were going to need some sort of presence that was going to say, it's going to be okay. I know right Mm -hmm. now it's not okay. I recognize that this sucks, but I love you but I can help, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make it better. And I think that the Holy Spirit does that. And if we could just be like an extension of that presence to other people, that's mm-hmm. huge. But that's also impossible if we haven't ourselves gone to right. the comforter. Wow. Like personally. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah. so good. That's really good. Yeah. Oh, and I never really thought of that 
I never thought about that. I've never heard that before. Like what your what, dad said. Too heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Yeah. Dangerous. I, there's a lot of people. This is very dangerous. Whoa. There's a lot of people like that that will just slap a Bible on your face. And, <laughs> Literally. And then oh, no. be like, ouch, I, I hurt my ear. Here you go. I like your cut, G. And just smack <laughs> it with the Bible. <laughs> and then you're like, cool. I've never read the Bible before. Thank you for mm-hmm. this, though. Um, yeah. Like, there's a certain, I don't know if it is code switching or some type of just being able to 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 stand where you are and, and recognize your surroundings. Sure, this place is in our home. Sure, we are supposed to be in the world and not of it. But we still have to recognize we're in the world. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. not at that <laughs> eternal true. resting place yet. Oh, I can't so, wait for that. To recognize, yeah, we're here, right? I, I think about it all the time. I'm like <laughs> walking down the street, like, yeah, really soon. I gotta get myself together because I gotta get some place to go. I wanna I go, wanna go to, heaven. to heaven. <laughs> That's all I want. They're a whole bop. But, like, know, right? for real, though, it's it's like something to recognize. Like we we have to maintain realistic, even if it's painful, even if it doesn't make sense to us, or even if whatever, we we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you going to do about that now, right here? Yes, you have the Lord's love in your heart. Yes. What has He told you to do now? Yes. yes he's got that prepared for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's going to prepare this table. Yes. Great. What are, <laughs> what has He told you to do right now? That's totally we are all good. thinking about how, like, yes, oh, all you sinners, I'm going here. <laughs> you you don't, God may want you on this earth for another 80 years, and you hear it separating yourself from the sinners, which you are one of them. But yeah. anyways. No, so, it's true. And, yeah. and I'm guilty of that myself in some circumstances. So it's not even like I'm trying to point the finger, because I can recognize that in myself. Mm. But this is something that we need to come to terms with. That, yeah, this earth is, like, kind of trash right now. God's still working in it. God's yeah. still here. Not going to denounce the fact that he's still working. He's still doing amazing, wonderful things and amazing, beautiful people, perfect people that he has created. What you going to do about that right now? Yeah. What are we going to do about right now? You're bringing me back to the thought of what, like, Leash brought up, where it was, like, we have like the intentionality and like the pigment of your skin. Like, you know, mm-hmm. everyone knows the little jingle that plays after this. You know what I'm saying? Like these shades are pigmented. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing, you know what I'm saying? I was like, what like, jingle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that was just, it's been so encouraging. So just like for everybody, like black, white, Asian, Latino, whatever, yes, it doesn't even matter. Yes. Like everybody, you have the, the yeah. pigment, the amount of pigment in your skin is so intentional and you're beautiful mm-hmm. and you're wonderful and, and you have a voice and, and yeah. a purpose and yeah. So all those the really, it doesn't matter if other people can't see that. Exactly. Your purpose yeah. was designed by them. So don't worry about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's seriously like, it's almost like the way we look is our microphone in certain rooms. Because, you know, like it's in certain rooms, I'm going to listen more to somebody who's like 90 than I'm going to listen to like a 13 year old. Like if I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I retire, I'm not listening to somebody who isn't retired Mm. yet. If you have silver hair, that's your microphone in certain rooms. If you're black, that's your microphone in certain rooms. Mm -hmm. If you're white. 
that's your microphone in certain rooms, yeah. you know, like yeah, even for kids in their, in their classrooms, no matter how young they are, the way they look, the body that they're in is their microphone in certain rooms. And I think wow. like God is so good for being intentional yeah. like that. Literally. And it's, it's about time we catch up to seeing it the way he does. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Oh my gosh. Leash, just want to thank you so much for joining us yes. on here. It was so good. Such a good conversation. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. What an honor to be on here. I feel so fancy with my microphone and my light. Oh, yeah. You look good. You look good. The goal of Pigmented is to foster a platform where people of all backgrounds can inspire each other, share wisdom, and their experiences. We're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and our hopes are to convey our stories in a healthy way with the intention of reaching other people. Here we believe that uncomfortability equals growth. So this is a space to grow together and learn from each other through some really meaningful conversations. And just as a disclaimer, we only see the world through our own unique lens. And child, these shades are pigmented. <laughs> <laughs>